Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap. Merry Christmas. What's that name? His name is Jesus. That's why we gather. That's why we celebrate the greatest time of the year. It's the time where we get to worship our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. And that's, that's why, listen, nothing can stop Christmas. Come on, ain't no virus, nothing. We're going to worship God, and I'm just so excited for that. And I just want to welcome you. My name is Josiah. I'm the lead pastor of Freedom House Church. You join us for the first time. We're so glad to have you come worship with us. We're one church that meets in three locations. We meet uh, in Fullerton, Costa Mesa, and live online. Can you give God a hand clap as all of us are live together? What's up, everybody? Freedom House Church. Come on, everybody say Merry Christmas. Come on now, Merry Christmas. And uh, I'm excited today to talk about the greatest story ever told, the story of Jesus Christ. And I know it's going to be a powerful time. So if you'd grab your Bibles, I want to actually read the Christmas story. And I want to talk from it today and to be able to um, really emphasize the importance of a time like this where I know there's a lot of things going on in our world, a lot of things happening, but we are going to celebrate the goodness of who Christ is, especially during Christmas. Luke chapter number two, we're going to read verses one through verse 14, and we're going to read the first Christmas story about Christ being born, and I want to just really talk about a few things here that I think will really speak to us today, and uh, then we're going to, at the end, do a beautiful candlelight, uh, just worship, and I think it's going to be a real special service for those that are joining online. Grab a candle, and you can do something at home <laughs> with your family, and uh, Costa Mesa, we got candles, and also here in Fullerton, it's going to be a lot of fun. So Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 14, are you there? The Bible reads like this, it says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. So there was a census that was supposed to take place. And it says, and there was a first census that took place under Aquarius, who was governor of Syria. It says, and everyone went through their own town to be registered. It says, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David. Everybody say Bethlehem. So they go to Bethlehem, right? That's where Jesus is to be born. It says, because he belonged to the house line of David. The Bible says he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged them to be married, and she was expecting a child. She was pregnant with Jesus. It says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to the firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in clothes, placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. There was no room at the inn. And so I got this this uh, this nativity scene here. I stole it from my house. My wife only let me take a few. Come on, somebody. But uh, my daughter, she always tries to take baby Jesus. It's hilarious. I'm like, where's baby Jesus? Anyway, uh, but... But this was the scene. I just want to kind of show you here. I'm going to illustrate here in a second more. But the scene was baby Jesus was in the manger um, because there was no room for them at the actual hotel, uh, the Hilton, just kidding, the inn, follow with me here. So they put him 
in the barnyard. They had to have the baby outside. So I'm going to come back to this picture here. But this is the picture we just read here, okay? So the Bible says that this happens. Baby Jesus is, is born. Then we go to verse 8. It says, now there were shepherds that were outside in the fields nearby. So shepherds are in the field. And they were watching their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them that they were terrified. And they said, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. No fear. It says, I bring you good news. What type of news? Good news. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Good news to bring great joy. Joy, the centerpiece of Christmas. It says, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. Someone say Messiah. That means the, the anointed one, the, sal- the one that's chosen to bring salvation. Verse 12, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels and they were praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those in whom God's favor rests. This is the greatest story of all time. It is the story of Jesus being born, Christ coming to us. What's Christmas? Christ came to us. And I want to talk to you today about this. The incarnate son, Jesus, wrapped in flesh, born of a virgin, lived a pure life, who came to pardon us of our sins, to remove the power of sin, and to one day take us from the presence of sin where we'll dwell in heaven and be with God forevermore. Can I get a big amen and a clap for that? Come on, somebody. We're going to dwell in heaven forevermore. Today, the title of my message is Finding Joy in Christmas. Finding Joy, because the Bible says this story would cause great joy. Would you bow your head? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you this morning as we gather all across our campuses and Costa Mesa, as many are worshiping with us in their living room at home, uh, worshiping God with us in Fullerton campus. God, we pray that this Christmas you would, you would help us to find the great joy that is found in the greatest message and the story of all time, the story of Jesus. Lord, bring peace into our hearts. Build us up. In a world that is in chaos, we come to Christ, the risen Savior, the born Savior. Speak to us as we honor you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, amen. Give God one more clap because it's Christmas. Why not? So good. Just turn to somebody and say, Merry Christmas. Come on, whoever you came with, tell them, Merry Christmas. So good, so good. And it'll be the same as, as the first service, Trevor, right? We'll, we'll do the same thing there. So good. We're going to have a beautiful time after with our candlelight, and uh, that will be yours. But I want to talk to you today about the greatest story ever told, the story of Jesus, the story of Christ coming to us and how imperative, important it is, especially in the times that we live in today, to really have you know, this in focus and that at the center of who we are that if we are going to be people that are people of hope, people of joy, we're going to have to have Jesus right at the center. And I want to bring into focus, like I said, I got the nativity scene here and, um, you know, just the picture here of, of what the first Christmas was. And I go, yeah, they're going to put the camera on that. Uh, what the first picture of Christmas was uh, of what it looked like. Because 
oftentimes, especially we, 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 with all the frills and all that's going on, we tend to make the picture of Christmas not be this, but it's more of a Christmas tree uh, with presents underneath. Now, 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 nothing wrong with presents. Do, do, go ahead, do all that stuff. But the Christmas story is not about the presents. It's about his presence. Okay. This is where the Christmas story brings joy into our lives and into our hearts. And I want to talk about this. This is so important because this is called the nativity scene. So nativity, for those that are taking notes, the word nativity means to be born. It means to be born. So the word nativity means to be born. And the picture of Christmas is, is, isn't a, a, a Christmas tree. It's a picture of the nativity scene where Christ, something was born. Now, what was born? Now, of course, Jesus was born. A little theology, the incarnation, right? Christology. It wasn't just a baby. It was God in the flesh. Is that God became flesh, wrapped himself in flesh, lived a virtuous life, was born of a virgin, died on the cross for our sins, was buried and rose again. So no longer will we be, you know, uh, prisoners to our sin. But now, like I told you, our sins have been pardoned. The power of Satan and sin has been broken. And one day God will remove us from the presence of sin and craziness. And 2020, one day we'll all be in heaven. Come on, somebody, celebrate the goodness of God. Gotta get an amen. So we're able to be with him. This is Christmas, Okay. Not so much the Christmas tree. Now, now I always got to qualify because people say, oh, Pastor, I'm not preaching against Christmas trees. I love Christmas trees. I got a Christmas tree, and I even bought one of those little ones. You know, you get at the grocery store, and I put it in the middle of my table. So when I eat my breakfast, I got a little Christmas tree while I look at my Christmas tree, and we have a good time. Okay, so go your Christmas tree. But what I'm trying to say is we've got to bring into focus of what Christmas is really about. It's that Christ was born, nativity, something was born. But it wasn't only that a baby was born, it's that on Christmas, salvation was born. On Christmas, hope was born. On Christmas, the peace was born. On Christmas, my forgiveness was born. On Christmas, a pathway to get right with God was born. So why I celebrate is not because I got a present, but because I have his presence and I can be, come on somebody, in relationship with God. Someone say it's Christmas. So this right here is the picture of Christmas right here, is that Christ came to us. And this is why we celebrate, because it is an opportunity for us to say, God, thank you. Because if not, you know, we will miss everything that God has for us. Now, this one night changed everything. You know, everything was changed. Some of you don't remember this, but on July 20th, 1969, um, Apollo 11, man landed on the moon. But 2,000 years ago, the reason we celebrate Christmas is because we don't celebrate something man accomplished. We celebrate Christmas because Christmas is when God landed on earth. And he split history in half. Stay with me here. That every time you write the date, 2020, you are writing 2020 years from when? From this. 
It's 2,020 years from when God came into this earth and split history in half. And for many of you, your, your history being split in half is before you knew Christ and now after you know Christ. Now, we already thank God that you're not who you used to be before you need Christ. And if there is any, re- any reason to give God praise, because thank you, Lord, that you've come into my life, is Christ has split history. He is the centerpiece of it all. And uh, this is so important because I've done this before and I want to just bring this into focus. You know, I got baby Jesus right here. And like I said, my daughter, Zara, she likes to take baby Jesus and, and, and she like steals him. <laughs> and we're looking for him. She, and then she says, oh, I just want to, dad, can I just sleep with baby Jesus? I'm like, how do I say no to that? You know what I mean? Like, you know, so I bought four baby Jesuses and I'm just, like, <laughs> just kind of replaced them whenever we can. But, but anyway, you know, the reality is, stay with me here, okay? Because I want to bring the hope of Christmas. Because Ross, you'll miss it. We'll, we'll all miss it. Is if you remove Jesus from Christmas, then you removed Christmas. Because there is no Christmas with Christ, without Christ. And if we make Christmas everything, but not about Jesus then we remove what it's all about. Now again, there's nothing wrong with you know, all the other stuff, you do all that, but, but this is the centerpiece right here. Or else it becomes empty. It's kind of like the, if you go you know, to the mall and, and, and you see the, the presents at the, you know, the uh, Nordstrom and they got presents there, but you know they're empty. That's what Christmas will be. It'll be empty. It's an empty Christmas. Because... The hope that is found, you will not find it in a present. Trust me. We'll only find it in Christ. Listen to me now or listen to me later. You can buy your children the iPhone 12, 13, 15. Next year, they're going to want 16. Because the hope is not in that. The hope is in Christ has come and he is the Savior, and thank you, God, that you were born. But the world tries to take Christ out of Christmas. And especially for us that are parents, now, now, now let me just get pastoral here. Let me encourage you. Uh, you know, we got to be careful the way we raise our kids. Because if not, we will take our kids to go sit on Santa's lap, not to sit at the feet of a Savior. Now, hey, nothing wrong with Santa. He's a cool guy. St. Nick, jolly old, Fantastic. But if not, we, take him, we want pictures on his lap instead of taking our kids to the Savior's feet. We have our children write Christmas lists instead of prayer lists. I, got, I wish I had a few amens. If not, we will actually have our kids know the 12 reindeer, not the 12 disciples. We will talk about Santa's coming to town instead of Jesus is coming back and we need to receive a savior. What am I saying? You won't find hope in Amazon. You won't find it in a PlayStation. You won't find it even at Gucci. Come on, somebody. You'll only find it in Christ. Can I get an amen? You can't have, in fact, you can't even spell Christmas by taking the word Christ out. It's Christ mess. Si quieres en español, más Christ. Get it? Más Christ. Christmas. It's Christ. And I got to talk about it because if not, we will make every Christmas about everything except 
what it's really about. And, and I want to encourage you because the joy, he said, this, this, this would bring us great joy. That what's going to bring us great joy is us recognizing that Christ, you came. That even if you don't have the finances this Christmas to get the gifts that you really want, or I, but I, you know, it's not going to be a good Christmas because maybe you, you lost a job and you can't get this or get that. Listen, that's not even everything. What's everything is that Christ has come. Bring that into focus. Come on, say amen. Let's bring that into focus. And I know I might be preaching the choir because you came to church. You're watching online. But let's emphasize that and let's be bold about putting Christ right where he said. Now, I want to talk to you today about a few people that missed Christmas. And then I want to talk at the end of the service. We're going to have a special time with, with candlelight. And it's going to be a powerful time as we bring him into focus. And I really believe the message of Christmas especially this time, is going to come into your heart, and I know God's going to speak to you. But at the first Christmas, there were people who missed Christmas, and I want to talk about that because I don't want you to miss Christmas, especially in a tumultuous year like 2020. But point number one, write this down. The first person that missed Christmas, write this down here, the innkeeper missed Christmas. Let me show you this verse here. We read it earlier. We read the verses, but the innkeeper missed Christmas. In Luke chapter 2, in verse number 7, Watch what the Bible says here. It says, and she brought forth her firstborn son. So, so Mary gave birth to her son, right? Gave birth, wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, which was actually the, the feeding trough for uh, the animals. The Bible says here, this last sentence, watch this. It says, because, let's all read the scale and count of three, one, two, and three. Because, what does the Bible says? There was what? No, no what? No room for them at the inn. So, so watch this picture. The innkeeper basically said, you got to have to have the baby in the barnyard in the back because we don't got no room for you at the inn. Now, what the inn was, it was the hotel. It was, it was the Hilton Hotel, Motel, Holiday Inn. Okay. <laughs> so, now you're paying attention, right? So, 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 so there was no hotel. So imagine this picture. Joseph goes with Mary. Remember, they're doing the census. They come to the inn and they knock and they're like, hey, can we get a room? My wife's about to have a baby. And they're like, we don't got no room for you. You're going to have to go to the back, to the barnyard and have the baby over there. It would be like me knocking on St. Jude Hospital or Hogue Hospital in Costa Mesa and be like, hey, my wife's about to give, uh, have birth. Can we get a room? They're like, we ain't got no room for you. And they pushed them to the back. Now, the innkeeper, if he knew that this would be the savior of the world, he would have been like, man, come on in. We'll make room for you. But he didn't. Why? Watch this now. Because he was too busy. Biz business was booming. The hotel was full, overflowing. Now, many during this time, maybe having a hard time, or maybe this is one of the greatest times. I mean, I wish, you know, I invented Zoom. Come on, somebody, right? I wait, man, maybe you own Costco. Costco's packed out. You know, get him at the church, go to Costco, you go to Costco. Anyway, so, you know, Costco's packed out. You know, wish you would, maybe Walmart, all these places, they're packed out. And the point I'm making is maybe you're doing real good right now. Man, if you're in housing, if you're in real estate, real estate's booming right now. You know, construction, booming. You know, it, it's, it's maybe you're doing real good right now. And what happened was the innkeeper, it, business was booming. You walked in and it was like walking around. The Christmas tree, dum, ba, dum, ba, and shoo. you know, it was packed. The, the, the inn, the holiday inn was packed. 
Remember, they said we got no room. People were chilling. They were singing. Every room was booked. Everybody was, you know, laughing and eggnog. And, and it's cool. And they're all hanging out. And they told Jesus, Jesus, we ain't got no room for you right now. I'm a little busy at the moment. Got a lot going on. You know, I mean, I know, you know, Christmas and all. And, and, but I got no time for Jesus right now. I got a lot happening. But I want to know, here's the question. Is there still room for Jesus in Christmas? Is there still room in your heart? Is there still room in your schedule? Is there still room at your Christmas tree? Is there still room in your worship? Is there still room, come on, in your finances? Is there still room in your conversations? And again, I know I'm preaching to the choir. You're like, I'm here, Pastor, on Sunday. But is there room next Sunday? Is there room in 2021? Come on, is there room for Jesus? Amen. The innkeeper missed it because he's like, I ain't got no room, Jesus, man. It's, it's a little busy at the moment, you know? We got to make room and say, Christ, there's room for you in my life. He missed it, but we're gonna, we ain't going to miss it. Say amen. Second person who missed it, then I'm going to tell you who found it, and it's going to be a beautiful time, but second person that missed Christmas. I don't want you to miss Christmas. Listen, what, what, what's, where am I coming from? What's my angle this morning? Pastor, where are you speaking to me? Because I, I don't want you to miss Christmas morning. I want you to find Christ, and I want you to receive the joy, especially right now. Listen, people need, the, people need joy. Pe- people need hope. People right now need peace. People right now need, need to know that 2021 is going to be better. How many believe in 2021 is going to be better? Come on, somebody. Amen. Right? We want to believe 2021 is better. And like, we're not going to have a 13th month of 2020 in January. We're going to have a brand new year. And we need to know if I'm going to receive this, i got to receive the goodness of God. I mean, who likes gifts? Anybody like gifts? I mean, who likes good gifts, though? Like good gifts, right? You know, here's a gift. You're like, cool, give me a gift receipt. All right, cool, thanks. Right? We want, if we're going to get the best gift this Christmas, then it's going to be found by finding what Christmas at the heart of it is into our lives. And here's somebody else who missed Christmas. Now, watch this. King Herod Miss Christmas. During this time in Matthew chapter 2, I want to show you here is that King Herod, when he heard about Christmas, I want to tell you how he, how he can miss it. We can miss it. Watch what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. It says, And Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. And, and notice the Magi, the three wise men, uh, came and asked, Where is the one who has been born? And watch this. King of the Jews. What was he? He was a what? King, right? We saw his star rose and have come. They came to do what? Follow, came to do what? Talk to me, church. They came to what? Worship him. So here's the Magi. Uh, my wife won't let me bring one. Okay, so I only brought one. She's like, I want you to break the other ones. No, I'm just joking. Come on. But, but, so here's the Magi. There was three of these men of God. And these Magi came to worship Jesus. But before they came To Jesus, they actually came to King Herod. Now stay with me. King Herod was the Roman king over Jerusalem, and he was King Herod. And when they came to King Herod, they said, King Herod, we're looking for the king of the Jews to worship him. Important to note, they weren't looking for a baby. They were looking for a king. Even though they knew he'd be a baby, they knew that this baby wouldn't stay a baby, but it would be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. They knew, I know that the world tries to keep them small and keep them a baby. You know, sweet baby Jesus with his baby powers and baby diapers and... 
Some of you get that later. But, but he's not a baby. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So the magi are like, we came to worship a king. And King Herod was like, say what? Talking about looking for the king of the Jews. I'm the king of the Jews. They're like, I'm the king. And the Bible says in verse three, watch this here. It's going to happen. It says, when King Herod heard he was disturbed, in other words, angrier or troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. So King Herod was actually upset, saying, what do you mean there's another king being born? I'm the king around here. I'm the ruler around. I'm the one who makes decisions. I'm the one who, who, who talks about. So in other words, watch me now. This is going to help you. King Herod was like, there ain't room for another king. And I want to know is right now, when we come in Christmas, we're not coming just to worship a baby. We're coming to make room for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the all-powerful one, the one who is sovereign, the one who has come to put everything, to have the government on his shoulders, to put things in his order. And why I have hope during this Christmas, because my hope is not in a political party. My hope is not in this or that. My hope is in the Lord. My hope is in heaven and I serve the King of Kings and that's why I can worship. Come on somebody. Shout amen. They said, we're looking for a king. King Herod was like, what you talking about king? He, would, he, he could not accept Christmas because nobody else can be the ruler. But I want to know this Christmas, the reason we worship, listen, the reason we gather is because we serve the greatest king the one who is sovereign, the one whose armies, the angels of hosts, more are those that are for us than those who are against us. That we got a hope that the world can't give and the world can't take it away is we make him the king of our life. Now, 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 now this is the most powerful part of our Christianity is not only because he's our savior, but because he's the king, he's our Lord. And let me talk about this because this is so important is that he's the Lord of our life. That you know God doesn't only want to be your savior, he wants to be your Lord. And the way the breakthrough comes into our lives is when we make him the Lord of our lives. Jesus as Lord. In fact, our salvation isn't, isn't only because we believe in Jesus the savior, it's because we confess Jesus as Lord. Watch this, Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, the Bible says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is what? Jesus is what? Say it with me. Notice it didn't say Savior. It says, and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you will be what? So me believing that he's a Savior is, the, is part one. But what changes my heart is when I confess him as the Lord, as the King, as the Sovereign One. See, everybody wants a Savior, but not everybody wants a Lord. Come on, pastor, it's Christmas. You're supposed to encourage me. I am encouraging you. I'm trying to bring you to breakthrough. But you're not going to get breakthrough thinking that joy, hope, and peace is found on Amazon. You get a lot of stuff there. Or Target. Or it's found in the Gucci belt. You told I want the Gucci belt. I already told you. I sent you a picture. And It's not going to be. You think the joy is going to be found in the latest and the greatest. But I'm trying to tell you that the joy and the breakthrough and the hope that is going to come is in saying, Christ, you are the Lord of my life. You're the king. You have come. And you have all authority in your hand. And I put my trust and my sin, come on somebody, and my hope in you. Shout amen. I'm trying. 
Jesus as Lord. So let me tell you why Christmas is powerful. It's because we gather this Christmas to say, you're the king. You're the king. The king has come. The king has been born. And his kingdom is not of this world. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I light my candle to the king. I give my worship to the king. I give my obedience to the king. I give my allegiance to the king. I give my, my, my hope that even when things don't look the way I want them to look, I serve a God who is all-powerful, who tells the mountains, you'll go so high, tells the ocean, this is where you'll stop, who can tell every devil in hell, don't touch my anointed and do my children no harm. I serve the king who says, never will I leave you and never shall I forsake you. I serve the king, the creator of the maker of earth. So even if you don't have two pennies this Christmas and for you it's spam, not ham, you can say, my king is good no matter what come on somebody say amen I'm trying to put some hope in somebody this Christmas come on somebody it's the king and the magi knew make him the king of your heart this Christmas well how do you know if he's the king of your heart let's talk about that real quick because you know it's important here's how can the king be the lord of your life and tell you no they say, no, no, we don't act like that. Can the king say, we don't talk like that? That's not kingdom talk. Can the king say, no, no, we, we don't make those type of decisions? Or you're like, no, 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 Lord. I want you to be a baby, not a king in my life. I just want to say, oh, get chulo, look at Jesus. A goo, goo, goo. <laughs> you can be baby Jesus with your baby powers, sweet baby Jesus, but I, I don't want you to be the king. Can the king tell you? No. Don't date him. But he's cute, Lord. Come on, somebody. Can the king tell you, this is how you build a family. This is how you forgive. This is how you live. This is the way to hope and joy and peace. Is saying, I'm going to live the king's way. Because a king is born. King Herod was troubled. Nah, man. No king around. I'm the king of my castle. I'm the captain of my ship. I'm the ruler of my life. All chaos comes when you remove Jesus from the throne of your heart. And all peace and dominion and power and hope and authority comes when you make Jesus the king of your heart. You only got one throne on your heart and you got to make a decision of who's going to sit on that throne. And you can't be in control and God in control at the same time. Christmas is about saying, I make room for the king to be the king of my heart. You were born, but you didn't stay a baby. You conquered the cross. You conquered sin and death. And I can worship because you are good. Somebody shout amen. Three, point number three, write this down. I'll be out of your way. We're going to do a beautiful time of candlelight worship. And I know you're going to have a fantastic Christmas because you ain't going to miss Christmas this Christmas. And here's who found Christmas. The Bible says the wise men found Christmas. Someone say wise men and say wise women. <laughs> Any wise women in the house? That's right. So it's not just the men, but men and women, right, came. 
but wise men, wise women, and not the wise guys. Those, those are different dudes, right? The three stooges, right? The wise men came. Let's read the verse, then I'll exegete and break it down. But Matthew 2, 11, watch what the Bible says here. It says, and when they had come into the house, freedom house, when they came into the house, the Bible says they saw the young child with Mary. It's not baby Yoda, okay? It's the young child. They saw the young child with Mary and his mother. Y'all know you'd be watching. I won't ruin it, but it's a good one. You should go watch Pando. But the mother, and they fell down, and what did they do? They, what did they do? They worshiped him. I want to show you that Christmas is about worship. It's about centerpiece, Jesus. And when they had opened their treasuries, they presented him gifts. What did they present to him? Gold, frank incense, frankincense. Uh, one kid said Frankenstein. How does he know? It's not, no, that's different. Frank incense and myrrh, these three things. So I want to show you this, okay? They found Christmas because they came and they found Christ in the midst of all of what Christmas was. And what I'm trying to tell you, and what this whole service, I'm trying to just illustrate to you in different ways, is you're going to find joy in seasons like this by being like the wise men and saying, I'm going to find Jesus in this season. I'm going to find Christ in the midst of this chaos. I'm going I'm to make him the centerpiece of all that Christmas is about. And I'm going to give him the worship. I'm going to make him who he is, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The wise men, the Bible says, traveled from afar. They, they traveled from India, um, and, and, and they would have come from India, you know, that Iran, and they would have traveled 900 miles to find Jesus. What's the point? You may have to put some effort to find Jesus this Christmas. Might not, especially all that's going on. But I'm telling you, dads, I'm telling you, moms, take your children to this. Make this the centerpiece right here. Parents, make this. Because listen to me now or listen to me later. But if you make Christmas all about trying to get them the iPhone this and the iPhone that and the PlayStation 5, they're going to want the PlayStation 6 next week. And some of y'all know the frustration. You'd be like, you know how much I saved up for that? You know how much overtime I had to work for that? You know how I put that on the credit card, how to pay that off? And, and, this, uh, and then next year, they're like, I'm sorry, two weeks from now, it's all beat up and, and mocha's on it and it's all... Nothing makes them happy because you led them to the wrong centerpiece. It's the wrong centerpiece. Finding joy right here. They came and they worshiped. They brought three gifts. I'll break it down real quick. I don't have a lot of time because we're going to do a beautiful candlelight service right now. But, but they brought gold. What gold? Gold represents royalty. They said, gold, it's the royalty. It's, it's something of value. They brought frankincense. Frankincense represents the incense, meaning Jesus was their high priest. The Bible says that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father and he intercedes for you and I. Let me tell you why you want to come to Jesus. Because Jesus is our intercessor. That where Jesus sits, I sit. I am in Christ. And right now, I know you may be sitting in church, sitting at Costa Mesa, sitting on a couch, sitting on a chair. You might be sitting in your car. And I know you think you're sitting in the middle of chaos, but when you're in Christ, you are seated where Christ is seated in heavenly places, y'all. So my worship doesn't just come from earth. My worship dwells in heaven. Come on, somebody. 
and they brought a myrrh. Myrrh was an oil. It was an embalming of representation of resurrection, saying, you're my resurrection. And I know many of you have, have, have gone through resistance in this season. Anybody gone through some resistance this season? Okay. Well, he's your resurrection. He's my resurrection. And he's going to restore everything the devil tried to steal in 2020. We're going to see God do something good in 2021. Come on, somebody. Just put a good amen on that. They worshiped him. And we're going to worship him too. Would you stand to your feet? Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.